It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 6, 2019. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Coming to you a little bit later on this Wednesday, so we'll talk about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Break that down for you real fast and talk about Frankly, a positive that I see that this team is really, really, really close, but still really, really, really far away. We'll talk about that coming up here on the podcast to get you set for Wednesday's game against the Dallas Mavericks. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast coming to Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every team in the NBA with a local expert who knows their team best, like me, for the Orlando Magic. Download the podcast wherever you download podcasts. You can also check out Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, plus our other national podcasts, including the Duncan and Ho- the Hollinger and Duncan NBA podcast, um, or the Hollinger and Duncan NBA podcast, John Hollinger's new podcast. They recently discussed the Orlando Magic and where they stand and what they can do to continue their development on their latest episode. Definitely check that out today. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network has all you need for NBA, NFL, college, and NHL to, plus MLB, all the sports pretty much. Just check them out wherever you download podcasts today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic were fighting. I mean, the one thing you could say about this Orlando Magic team is they are fighting. They are they're continuing to put in solid effort. Effort's not the issue here. Uh, no one is saying that the Magic aren't trying. No one's saying that the Magic aren't doing a lot of things well. Or maybe some people are saying that, but they're wrong. <laughs> um the Magic are doing a lot of things really, really well. But the Orlando Magic continue to struggle with the one thing you have to do well. And again, that's what we'll talk about a little bit later on. Against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Magic struggled at times to corral Oklahoma City's ball handlers, but their offense suddenly had a little bit of spark and a little bit of life. I mean, they scored 51 points, I want to say, in, in the first half. The Magic suddenly looked like a decent team. 53 points in the first half. They gave up 58, but 53 points. Their offense was finally humming. 26, 27, 26 points in the first three quarters. The Magic were fighting and scratching and clawing to keep up with an Oklahoma City team that seemed to have their number a little bit, was able to congest, get them into, get them to collapse the pain and dish out to three-point shooters, but Orlando was in the game. Every time the Thunder made a run to extend, the Magic brought it back, and it was just about who was going to make that last run. As has been predictable over the course of this entire season, the Magic didn't have that run in them. As has been the case throughout the year, the Magic offense fell short. And at the end of the day, when you're giving up 102 points in an NBA game, You should have enough to win. But this Magic team does not have that. 
Orlando gives up 21 points in the fourth quarter and in a tight game, Orlando was down by uh, by three at the end of three quarters. In a tight game, a 21-point fourth quarter should be enough to get you a win. But once again, Orlando couldn't find the bottom of the basket. They scored just 15 points in the fourth quarter. And when it came to winning time, to crunch time, to the big moments of the game, not only was Orlando not making shots, but Oklahoma City found the shots they needed. After every time Orlando made a run, after every time Orlando seemed to inch just a little bit closer, seemed ready to take over the lead, they turned the ball over. And that turnover would lead directly to a basket for Oklahoma City. It was the, the, the Magic didn't have problems with turnovers in this game, but it was the kinds of turnovers they, they committed that caused problems. They would miss an open three-pointer. Good execution. Getting an open shot. And while the rest of the game, you can kind of sense Orlando is still very committed to their defense and, the, and their belief that these shots will fall. When the pressure ramps up and the shots don't fall, you can indeed, I, I, I feel it, if not see it, see that frustration building. This team is getting the shots. It's getting the looks. It's getting the opportunities they need to win and pull out these victories. They're just not making them. And when that happens, when the team is struggling that much to score, the margin for error is that much smaller. You can't have the odd defensive breakdown or or, or an occasional defensive breakdown. When you're struggling to score like the Magic are struggling to score, you have to be on it defensively at all times. And that's not where the Magic were for much of the game against Oklahoma City. They were there for about 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, but in those final minutes of the game, Oklahoma City was able to break them down, was able to find that hole, because every defense has a hole. They were able to find that hole and extend the lead out to a point that the Magic couldn't keep up anymore. The Oklahoma City Thunder win 102-94. to Orlando shoots 30, 32 of 82, 39% from the floor. They shoot just 3 of 22 from beyond the arc, 13.6%. And guess what? Those two three-point makes, or those two three three-point three makes came from Mo Bamba and Markel Fultz in the first quarter and Jonathan Isaac in the fourth at the very end of the game. Meanwhile, Oklahoma City shoots 12 of 33 from beyond the arc. And a small thing for sure, but 12 minus 3 is 9, and 9 times 3 is 27. That is a 27-point difference. Orlando holds Oklahoma City to 43% shooting. Give them all the credit for that. The Thunder have a 107.4 offensive rating, which is probably the worst the Magic have given. So the defense wasn't there, and the Magic actually score a point per possession, 100 100.0, which is probably one of their better offensive outputs of the season. So this was somewhat a good offensive game. But obviously things turned in the fourth quarter. Orlando wasn't able to get to the line as much, 27-31, and Orlando did a really good job getting to the foul line. That's, That's probably what saved this game, that Orlando was able to get to the line and find ways to generate points, but... This isn't a free-throw shooting team. This isn't a foul-drawing team. At the end of the day, in close games, you've got to make shots. And the Magic aren't doing that. The Magic's problems, quite simply, I mean, I I really can't say it any other way, the Magic's problems boil down to they do not make shots. And it's their key players not making shots. And that's the only thing that's going to fix this team. 
They can execute better. I, I agree with that. They're, they're, they're turning the ball over a little bit too much. 14 turnovers in this game to 15 assists. Again, they, they miss a lot of shots, but they're turning the ball over too much because the margin for error is that small when you're not hitting shots. But once this team starts hitting shots, I believe this team's going to be fine. The question is, how long can they wait to, to get that rhythm back? On Tuesday night, it resulted in another loss. Another solid effort. Another good performance overall. A game that the Magic had the lead in once again in the fourth quarter. Magic have had leads in, in the fourth quarter of six of their seven games. They are 2-5 and five on the year. This team is competitive. Let's not, let's not blow anything super out of proportion here. This team is competitive. But of course, that's not enough. That's not what this team is judged on anymore. This isn't a rebuilding team where just being in a fight is good enough. It's a team that has to win. And that's the part that's still getting by them. The Orlando Magic fall the Oklahoma City Thunder 102-94. to They're back in action Wednesday against the Dallas Mavericks on the road. And you want to get in on the action, of course, of that game against the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, definitely bet the under. I mean, seriously, just, just bet the under. They're probably setting it at 220. The Magic aren't giving up 110 points. The Magic aren't scoring 110 points. In fact, let me look up, let me look up the over-under for tonight's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Let me let me look this up real fast. Um, because, you know, this this is this is this is a thing. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna give you some live betting advice here, honestly, because when it comes to the Magic, you should probably always bet the under. I mean, I think it's pretty safe. The over-under for tonight's game in Dallas, the 4-2 Dallas Mavericks, is 208.5. 208.5. That means both teams score 104 points. Are the Magic really scoring 104 points? Are the Mavericks scoring 104 points on the Magic? No, of course not. Bet the under. Bet the under all the time on the Magic. And that's why you got to get into the game now, because the Magic are a pretty safe bet to go the under. Um, on mybookie.ag. It's basketball season once again, and the best place to be part of the action is at mybookie.ag. It's time to turn your attention away from carving pumpkins to the Spartans covering, carving up defenses or the, the Maver- or the Mavericks or the Magic or whoever you want to bet on. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. If you really want to support your team this season, put your money where your mouth is. Don't just sit on the sidelines and get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie.ag will double your first deposit. That's right. Double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash today. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's run through the final box score real fast. I don't want to belabor the point too much. We'll talk more about some of the struggles the team has had and frankly, just the, the wide gap that they have to fill here in just a moment. But just some notable scores. Orlando actually had six players in double figures. So good balance from Orlando. They were able to, to, again, for three quarters, the Magic were able to generate points. This was the best offensive performance of the season for three quarters. Of course, it's a four-quarter game. So, uh, you know, obviously things fell off the rails a little bit. The Magic just cannot afford these 15-point quarters anymore. They've got to be more consistent. they got to just stick with their stuff and believe these shots are going to go down. Aaron Gordon leads the way with 15 points, 6 for 13 shooting, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 turnovers, 5 fouls, though. Um, I thought Aaron had a really nice game. Um, Aaron has struggled a lot at the beginning of the season, missed a lot of shots that he normally makes, but he has come into form. I mean, if he's having games like this where he's you know shooting maybe slightly below 50%, I'm, I, I don't think it's he needs to be that crazy efficient, but, um, you know, moving the ball, getting good looks. He did a good job um, posting up. He really displayed that post game that he's been working on. He's playing with a lot more patience now um, than he was maybe earlier in the season. Uh, I I really liked Aaron Gordon's game here tonight uh, on, on Tuesday night. Um, I think that he has really started to come around. His defense is certainly still getting better, um, you know, getting back into form on that end too. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think Aaron is right where the Magic need him to be. And and honestly, with, with the way Nikola Vucevic is struggling, I think that the Magic need to be more open to running more offense through Aaron Gordon. I think they need to be more open to letting him facilitate things uh, until Vucevic gets going or use him to get Vucevic going. I mean, I think right now the Magic are fo- focusing on the Evan Fournier-Nikola Vucevic two-man game as a way to get Vucevic going. And it's had moderate success this year. I, I think Fournier has been the Magic's most consistent offensive player throughout the year, and, and obviously he had a bad game on, on Tuesday night. But Orlando can't be using Fournier as the main playmaker. I, I, I just don't think that that's ultimately going to work. Fournier's big struggles this year has been his decisions at the rim, and Gordon struggled with that too, so don't get me wrong, but um, he, he, he takes maybe one dribble too deep before he passes, and, and he misses passes. And so he's not a natural playmaker. So when you're relying on Evan Fournier this much, I think you're going to have offensive problems. And again, that's kind of the flaw of this team. We all knew this team was going to struggle offensively. Um, not this much, but uh, we didn't expect this team to be a super strong offensive team. So uh, I think right now the Magic need to kind of shift some of their focus. Um, they need to find new ways to get Vucevic going and, and new ways to get him open and get him comfortable shots. But then again, I think I, I do kind of like the shots Vucevic is getting. It's just about making them. Um, like I said, Evan Fournier had a poor game. Four points, 0 for 7 shooting, 5 rebounds. Three turnovers, two steals for him. Just Fournier is not a consistent every night guy. Um, he's been really good this season, but he's going to have games like this. And again, to his credit, and I'd say to Gordon's credit for much of the season too, they know when they don't have it, and they try to get others involved, or, or they don't, you know, ramp up their aggression when they know they don't have it because they know that this team does have other weapons now. This team needs a consistent every night guy, and, and right now their consistent every night guy is struggling in Nikola Vucevic. But, uh, but um, you know, I, 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 I do credit Fournier that he scaled things back a little bit, especially late in this game. But again, some, Orlando needs someone to take over. Uh, when, when the offense is struggling, when the offense gets stuck, they need someone that's going to command the ball and get a good shot and create a, create a tough shot even. I mean, this team just lacks tough shot makers. Uh, and, and that's been the big thing is when they get stuck, when they get in late clock situations, when they get into late game situations, 
everyone, it feels like, is looking to go to someone else because no one really has it right now. And, and typically, they'd maybe go to Ross or they'd go to Fournier, and and they're struggling a little bit with this role. And I, and I, so I think that these are these are there's a confidence issue with this Magic team right now on the offensive end, especially late in games. And that's why they're losing these games right now is because I, I don't think they feel confident. You know, they feel frustrated. They don't seem confident that they'll make it. So Fournier, a bad game on this night. Nikola Vucevic also struggled 4 for 15 from the floor, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, 11 rebounds, did a good job on the glass. Orlando was really good on the glass in this game. Despite all the misses, out-rebounds Oklahoma City 53 to 38, 16 offensive rebounds. Give the Magic a lot of credit. They've put a lot of work into improving on the glass, and they have been a lot better these last two, three games. So their defense is tightening up. They didn't have a great defensive game this game, mind you, because of individual individual play on the pick and roll. Orlando struggled with that in this game, but again, they tightened up when they had to. I mean, they scored 15 in the fourth in the fourth quarter. They only gave up 21. That that should be enough to win games. You know, just just straight out, that should be enough to win games. So the Magic are doing again doing enough. It's 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 that big gap that, again, we'll talk about here in a moment. But Nikola Vucic, 4 for 15. I liked his looks. Um, there were a few that he rushed uh, just because of late shot, late clock situations or just kind of odd passes to him. Orlando's overall offensively, and Vucevic is a good barometer of this, Orlando overall offensively has to do a better job executing and making crisp passes. I think the biggest struggle this Magic team has had, and one of the big things that's kind of thrown them out of whack offensively, is they are not passing sharply. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. But watch how the Magic move the ball. Are guys catching the ball cleanly? Are they catching in a position where they can shoot immediately without the defense recovering? How long are they holding on to the ball? These are the questions that that you should be asking yourself as you're watching this team. Because when the offense is working, it flows very naturally. And this team has lacked a lot of flow. And some of that is, frankly, Vucevic is missing these shots. Orlando's gotten him some good post-up looks, and he's missed those shots. And those are shots that go in or, that go in or don't go in. And, and Vucevic just has been out of rhythm and and hasn't had his touch. And, you know, I'm I, I'm an optimist. I know I think some people are annoyed by that sometimes, but I'm an optimist. I think he'll get there. I trust that he'll get there. But until he does, this team's going to really, really struggle. Um, defensively, I thought he did a good job overall. Um, the Magic drop use a lot of drop coverage. So uh, I, I think that, you know, some of the jumpers that he gave up that some people would blame Vucevic for, that scheme that's not Vucevic. I thought he did a good job challenging shots at the rim. He had a nice block. He had a couple of nice blocks. Um, so I think the rest of his game is playing well. I mean, again, I, I can't say this enough time. The biggest problem with the Magic is they are not making shots. If the Magic makes shots even at 45%, like not even that efficient, not even that great. If the Magic make two more threes a game, again, they shot so poorly from beyond the arc and their looks were generally pretty good. If they would just make some of these shots, the whole tenor of these games change, change and the Magic, you know, are going to win a lot of games that way because they they are a pretty good team defensively. They'll, they'll, their defense will give them a chance to win every game. It's just a question of whether the Magic make shots. And that sounds super basic and super simple, but that's the truth. I mean, I, I, there's no other way to analyze this. Marco Fultz, a really nice game. I know people want to see the Magic run a lot more offense through him, and I can't say that they're wrong. 13 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 1 for 2 from beyond the arc. Uh, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 turnovers. A really nice game for him. He continues to look a lot more comfortable in that starting unit. They are getting off to better offensive starts with him in there. Um, I do think that, that the lineup change has proven to be a solid thing for Orlando. Jonathan Isaac, also a double-double, 13 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks. The guy is just everywhere. Love Jonathan Isaac. Again, stay confident in a shot. He'll he'll get them to go down. Um, but he's he's just everywhere defensively. He's so good. Um, 
off the bench show, Orlando, you know, all the Magic's bench player starters were on the minus side of the plus-minus ledger. All the bench players were on the plus side of the plus-minus for, for a change. Alfred Camino, his best game in Magic uniform, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. Uh, four, for 4 for 5 shooting, did a great job working the glass. Um, I thought was was really just smart, being available and present. Good defense, as always, from him. Uh, DJ Augustine ended with 13 points, 7 for 8 from the foul line, 3 for 10 from the floor, though. Mo Bamba, I thought, had a really nice game, too. Seven points, seven rebounds, three for eight shooting. Really good job in the second quarter, especially just being present on the glass. Did a really good job rebounding. I thought he did. He matched up with Nerlens Noel really well. Got active with blocks. He had two blocks in this game, so a really nice and encouraging game for Mobamba. Remember, we will not see him Wednesday uh, as he's sitting out one game of each back to back. So he will he will not play against Dallas on Wednesday. Didn't play in Dallas last year either, which is funny. Um, but we'll see him again on Friday. Friday most likely against Memphis. Orlando, again, shoots 39% from the floor, just 3 for 22 from beyond the arc, but 27 of 31 from the foul line. They give up 43% shooting, but 12 of 33 from beyond the arc, 36.4%. Again, those 12 three-pointers, that was the difference in the game. Orlando couldn't hit threes, and guess who could? Uh, Guess who could? Oklahoma City could. Orlando does out-rebound Oklahoma City 53 to 38, so a lot of positive signs. Again, I, I can't really stress this enough. The Magic do have a lot of positive signs. They do have a lot of things really working in their favor. I, I really can't say that they're that far off. But unfortunately, the thing that has them so far off, the thing that do, that is tripping them up and keeping them from winning these games and, and from being more than just a competitive team is the biggest bridge to gap and the most and simply the simplest bridge that they have that they have to get across. And that's their shooting. That is everything for this team. Before we dive into that, though, Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more, not more than that, or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code Locked On at checkout. Again, since I flubbed it up the first time, start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. Enter the promo code Locked On at checkout. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I've said, maybe I'm an optimist, and I am an optimist, but maybe I'm a little too optimistic on this front. But I don't sense panic from the Orlando Magic. I sense frustration. I sense, uh, you know, certainly some discouragement a little bit, but not panic. Because they all know this is a long season. As, as someone on the, on the Magic subreddit point at, pointed out, the Magic started 2-6 and six last year. So they're not out of the hole if you're looking at the early season standings, which maybe you have. Maybe I have. The Magic are only a game out of the final spot in the playoffs. So every, everyone's still bunched up. It is still super-duper early. And the contours of the playoff race aren't shaping out yet. Teams haven't separated themselves quite yet. And as Magic know, on the other end, it's very easy to fall apart after after seven games, too, or after eight games, too. So, to say the least, 
Yes, there is cause for concern because this team was probably never going to be a great offensive team. But far from a time to panic. Now, if the Magic string together a couple bad defensive performances and get blown out a few times, yeah, start panicking. Start, start feeling a little worried. But the fact of the matter is, as I've said repeatedly on the show, repeatedly over the last few days, I guess it's the problem of having a daily podcast is you end up repeating yourself a lot. The Magic's problem is they can't not shoot. It's the most simplest and the most important act in the game, of course, to, to make baskets, to score points, as, as former Northwestern coach said when Coach, uh, coach Bill Carmody once said, yeah, that's making shots. It's kind of the point of the game. Northwestern, their, their, their motto used to be make shots. We had t-shirts made. that They made t-shirts for the student section one year. It was hilarious. It was great. They were not a good offensive team. Um, it's, it, it's so simple, and yet it, it feels so hard. It's, it's hard to analyze this team a whole lot because this idea is, is such a simple one and yet such a difficult one to pinpoint. I, I will continue to cite this stat until it's no longer true. In six of the Magic's seven games, they've had the lead in the fourth quarter. So we're not talking about a team that doesn't have a chance to win. We're not talking about a team that's getting blown out every time they step on the floor. We're talking about a team that can be 5-2 and two just as easily as they, they're 2-5. and five. Maybe that's some solace. Maybe that's not. But even though it feels like the Magic are that close, and, and I do, and again, the first three quarters Tuesday night were a huge positive sign. The Magic's offense worked brilliantly in those first three quarters. It's a 48-minute game, obviously, so, you know, close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. I, I get that. Wins are what matter, and, and the team is dropping wins right now. And who knows if that'll matter in April or not. We'll find out. But... The gap that the Magic have to cross. It feels like they're very, very close, but this gap that they have to cross is the most important gap and perhaps the widest gap they have to cross. Right now, the Magic are experiencing some incredible outliers. Just things that no team should expect, essentially. that all of their best players, essentially, are not performing at the level that they, that they would even expect in their nightmares. The Magic have had a perfect storm of players not playing well in dramatic ways. Nikola Vucevic, team's all-star, the most consistent player on the team last year, a guy who... You could literally count had two bad games all season. Two objectively bad games all season. Obviously, he hasn't gotten off to the same kind of start this year. He's had several bad games already this year. But yet, it still feels like he's getting all the same looks. He made only 4 or 15 shots on Tuesday, but he's shooting 40.7% from the, for the season. and That's not good, obviously. That's well below his averages. Now, certainly the Magic could maybe do some things to, to get him better. He could throw him in the post a lot more. He's 
averaging only uh, 2.4 post-ups per year this year, 0.71 points per possession. Last year, he was at 5.4 post-ups per year, according to NBA.com. 0.93 points per possession. Again, doesn't seem like a lot. You know, maybe one more make per every two possessions, but that could change. That would change a lot of things if they drop him into the post a little bit more, have him have him on the elbow a little bit less. Vucevic is making 23.1% of his catch-and-shoot jumpers this year. He made 40.5% last year. That difference is everything. And when it comes to Vucevic, swinging that number back up, you know, even getting it, let's say, to 38, 39%, just something more respectable. And 38, 39 is not great for, for catch and shoot jumpers, for, for center especially. Getting that number back up is going to ch- change this team's offensive fortunes entirely. To see a player drop so far down off their average or off what they did last year is significant, especially if the Magic are using him the same way. You look at Terrence Ross, too. Terrence Ross is only making 28.2% of his shots. He is struggling to shoot the ball in a way that he never has in his career. As much as he was good last year, he's struggling this year. Certainly defenses are focused more on him and are trying to crowd him and and shoot the gaps on his screens and, and give him less room and He's had a green light to fire that that he's maybe slowly eased off on because he's struggling this much. But Orlando is not getting their main guys going. With a lot of the same looks. Like I said, maybe you can drop Nikola Vucevic into the post more. Maybe you run Terrence Ross off fewer screens, have him spot up a little bit more. You know, have guys create a little bit for him. Evan Fournier has been running a lot of pick and rolls this year. 5.1 possessions per game. For 0.92 points for 0.92 points per possession, he's actually been very good at pick and rolls this year, and I, I think some of the 48 hits a little overblown. Um, his passing could certainly get a lot better, but he's been the most consistent offensive player. But he's still struggling to hit from the outside, and I don't think his looks are significantly that different. I mean, he's probably done more dribble pull ups or more kind of less spot up shots than you'd like to see from him. I'd like to see him be more of a spot up threat. And so maybe you turn the ball over to more to Aaron Gordon or more to Markel Fultz or play more through Nikola Vucevic out of the post rather than the high post. But these are little tweaks. At the end of the day, Orlando's getting the shots they want. At the end of the day, either something's wrong schematically and Orlando is using their players in the wrong way, which, you know, again, I have some suggestions, but I can't say that they're overly doing that. At the end of the day, this is just about making shots. There's, you know, every number would say the Magic are shooting worse than you would expect. Every number would say the Magic are not realizing the full potential of their offense because they're missing open shots. And at the end of the day, it comes down to that simple act of execution, making shots. There's nothing else. There's nothing else that we can say except make your open shots. The team is doing everything else to to get opportunities. But they have to make their shots. And until that happens, the Magic are going to continue to struggle. The Magic are going to continue to, to, to not realize their full potential. Again, I feel like the good news is they are in these games. I feel like the good news is the Magic have not been eliminated from 
these games. They've had a chance to win all these games. And so it's not going to take much. It's going to take Nikola Vucevic getting back to that level we're all comfortable with. Not even last year's level. Let's go two years ago when he was you know, still a solid player, a double-double machine who could lead the team in scoring. It's going to take Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross shooting just even replacement level. It's not going to take much to make this team win. They are competitive already. Maybe not competitive with the elite teams because they've only played really one elite team in Milwaukee. Maybe Denver's, maybe Denver's on that level and they played well against Denver. Maybe not enough to win against those teams all the time, but certainly well enough to beat a team like Oklahoma City, to beat a team like Atlanta, to beat a team uh, like Toronto even. So the Magic aren't out of this fight. And it's a long season, and you either have faith that they'll bounce back or you don't. But those are the stakes here. At the end of the day, for the Magic, it comes down to making shots. And the Magic simply aren't making shots. And this is the bridge they have to span. This is the gap they have to fill. And until they do that, we're going to be sitting here frustrated with these losses even more. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on our podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MB. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Magic are back in action tonight at 8.30 against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll, have a, we'll recap that game completely coming up on the next episode of Locked on Magic. But until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.